0: I'm as baffled by this conflicting evidence as you are. His prints are all over the crime scene. The TV footage puts him 60 miles away. He can't have been to two places at once. You know me. I didn't kill that kid, Ralph. Do you see how strange this is?
1: What would make someone do such a thing?
0: He didn't do it. I have no tolerance for the unexplainable. Well then, sir, you'll have no tolerance for me. Answer me this. Do you think Terry Maitland killed that boy? If he didn't do it, someone else did. Someone else did. Someone else did.
2: Hello, and welcome back to Castle Rock Critical. Yay! Ooh. I'll cheer for myself. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are cracking on with our coverage of HBO's The Outsider adaptation with the latest episode, K V N A L El Coco. And we get some que serious... Viene el Coco. Say el it with, like you mean it. Que Emma. Viene Pizazz. El Coco. Yes. Uh and we get some seriously creepy stuff along the way, uh, with a bit of a bit more backstory in this episode. Uh so today I am joined by Len from All the Way in the Upside Down Under.
1: Good day, mate.
2: <laughs> Terrible. Uh Lucy's here with me in London. Mm. I say, Jolly good show. And I'm your host, Emma. I'm Mm. not going to do an accent for you yet. Keep your eyes peeled. Uh, So we will be running through our usual structure for this podcast. We're going to talk about overall opinions, do a deep dive into the plot, and then head over to King Corner for our Easter eggs, if there are any book differences, and then following up with some listener feedback. Uh, so I'm going to kick this one off with Lucy. What did you think of episode four? And please, can you give your blueberries and an explanation of the system for anyone who doesn't know how it works?
0: Okay, Um, this episode for me was a slight dip in quality, I think. Um, I enjoyed it still, but there were aspects of it that I thought were a bit rushed and... It didn't feel like it belonged in a show of what I see as this calibre. Um, we will get onto it, but yeah, I think some of the chopping and changing and the leaps um, in sort of storytelling I, I thought were a bit jarring.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so, the Blueberry Scale, for those that don't know, we judge what we review out of blueberries so zero blueberries would be the worst five blueberries would be the best and you can't have half no, no. and the harshness and fairness of this scale is kind of what has been tormenting me when i think about how to rate this episode now me and em actually did what is commonly known as doing a len yep in that we watched the episode twice. Yeah, we did. we did. Emma came around, we watched it again. Yeah. We did kind of talk Good. over it a bit. prepared. But yeah. <laughs> very, <laughs> well prepared. Very, well very well prepared. Very nice. um, So I'm going to give it a three, blueberries because I can't give it three and a half. Mm-hmm. Because there was just aspects of it for me that I thought in another show, it wouldn't maybe have stood out. But because this has gone, it seems to have taken its time with the story. There felt like there were moments that were rushed for me um they were jumping about and yeah we will get on to it but it it wasn't quite as satisfying although there were aspects of it that i enjoyed so yes that's a three from me
2: thank you very much lucy um len what about you
1: yeah so um i think i've given every episode so far a four mm-hmm. and i'm gonna continue the trend <laughs> of fours i'm gonna give this one a four as well um because it does some really creepy things that I absolutely loved, um, especially towards the end of the episode. Um, I think last week we noticed that the show, like we said, turned from a from a from a sort of crime aspect to a monster of the week sort of aspect, where they're now trying to hunt down this creature and and we're trying to get little looks into what this creature actually is and what it's doing. Il Coco um, <laughs> and. Uh, I actually fucking really enjoyed some of that stuff like my biggest downside of the episode was I th- I feel like now we're getting too much Holly and not enough Ralph. Um mm-hmm. and I did miss Ralph this week actually because yeah. I think Ben Mendelssohn's just been awesome and although I love Holly because I do I think she's great as well. I want to see them working together a bit more. Um if you get what I mean not just Yeah, over the fun, no I do. which is kind of what we're getting at getting at the moment so I hope they sort of unite at some point and I'm sure they will um, but that's probably my only disappointment I like the stuff with Glory I like the sort of the fallout this grief that this monster that we talked about last week likes to feed upon we get a bit of a confirmation on that this week uh, and I like the stuff with Glory uh, we didn't see our kids again which I think was a, was a shame because they're creepy and they scare the hell out of me <laughs> um, so yeah I think that is still not hit a five blueberry episode yet. But for me, this show is very, very good and very consistent. And uh, I like the pacing. I like the editing. I like the weird jumbling of sequences. Like there's a point in it, which we'll talk about where uh, Holly's going to Rikers Island and you just see this guy, this like moustached, moustached, big guy. And I was like, is he going to kill Holly? Is he on his way to kill Holly? Is, Is he being sent by the monster? And then you realise it's the granddad yeah, of the bartender a, woman.
2: Good. Yeah, it's one of my favourite parts of the episode. Actually, was that sequence? Yeah,
1: and it, and it's yeah, and it's like how they edit the episode together. It always has me guessing what's going on, and I I really enjoy that because it just it just makes you say, hey take notice of this. Is this now? Is it then? Well, it's a bit more mystery um, box you know, again, it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, and I um I really enjoy that. So for me, yeah, great show so far, another four, um, and I'm sure there'll be a five in there, as I've said before, but, you know, very, very consistent.
2: Yeah, I mean, I actually like this episode. Um, I enjoyed the flashbacks. Uh, It's, you know, and there were quite a few mm. of those, both in kind of more recent time and further back. It is diverging from the book storyline now. So um, actually, I quite enjoy Ooh. that. And we'll talk a bit more about that in King Corner, but I overall the tone of the episode, the music, um, I I really enjoyed. There were a few kind of corny things that happened, like security guard Andy, and you know I I you mentioned liking oh, yeah. liking the scene with Glory Len, I hated it. Um, but it was it was still good. It was intriguing. Um, op- opening mm. up the box of kind of what El Coco does. Uh, not so cheery. Um, El Coco. <laughs> it's hey, a cheerful El coco. name though, isn't it? Yeah. Surely it just means yeah. the
1: chocolate. Hey, El Coco's here. I think he's referred to hey, El as El Cucho
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the book, which is slightly, oh, you can't really say that as um, joyfully as Coco. Uh, Cucho
0: but, sounds scary. It sounds a bit yeah. like Cujo, eh? And like
2: yeah. Cuchara- Cucaracha, which is cockroach, which is... Also, not nice. Nothing's no. as well as chocolate, um, but I liked opening up. Like mm. what what El Coco does to victims and families. It's dark. It's twisted. It's, <laughs> it's fascinating.
1: It sounds like a hot chocolate drink. It's just, it uh, does I, I sound like what Spanish hot, hot chocolate, chocolate, chocolate drink. Does to people? It's um, yeah.
2: <laughs> we'll give it a new name at some point. Um, I, I mean, yeah. So I said last week that this could be the Five blue episode didn't I? Um Ooh. Unfortunately, it did not quite cut the mustard, nah. so to speak. Short-lived. Short-lived. Um, who knows? Maybe it'll be next week. I'm sure we'll get one. It'll be halfway through the season I think we'll next get week. One. Uh, I think Ralph will be in it more for the ones that we oh get. Oh, God, let's hope. Yeah, exactly. However, it, it was a decent episode, um, I've got to admit, and I was kind of flitting between where you guys both are in, in terms of scores, but I think... Actually, having just talked about it, it, I agree with you, Len. I think it's a four blueberry for me. Um, maybe just mm-hmm. a four blueberry, but we don't grade them. A Four is a four. That's the thing; you, know, you can't halve it. A so four I is had to a four. Go. It doesn't no. matter. I just for me, and I don't think it was the level I'd give a three for. For me personally, and we all score things differently, and um, because there were things I really loved, uh, so okay, not, I'm not bad exactly. scores all round.
1: Very good scores. Hey, uh, anything over a three is good. Yeah, just remember Above that average, and this shows averaging from everyone a four yeah so let's just say that's very good isn't it so yes well done show good (laughs) well done well
2: done um well so before we dive in into the plot i think it might be time for a little advert break hello it's the advert break. It's time for us to hawk our wares to you. Uh, Castle Rock Critical is part of the Fan Critical podcast family uh, where we do loads of really cool stuff. Uh, You may have heard our coverage of HBO's The Watchmen which was sorry Watchmen uh, by our very own Mm. Three Minute Men uh, which was fantastic coverage and an amazing show. Uh, We do lots of other stuff Game of Thrones Westworld which will be coming back soon Stranger Things Star Wars Movies uh, and speaking of movies we will shortly be recording and releasing Ooh. Our Oscars predictions Ooh. podcast Yay, Yay Oscars. Feature length Feature Love length. that
1: podcast That's always that's always a good one isn't gold. it yeah. Um, yeah. To get most of us together Usually all five of us But pissed, we're not sure this time It might be four of us not this time <laughs> um, Usually we're quite drunk um, The hardest part about that podcast Is just having to watch all the films Not that it's a bad job I'm halfway through Because they're all best picture nominated Um but it, let's just put it, it's a lot of homework. It's a lot of trips it to is. the old cinema or movies, as the Americans yep. might say. To the flicks. And uh, to the flicks. Yeah. Never heard that one, but pictures. OK. And um, yeah, pictures is very English. We'll go with that. And uh, yeah, we're getting there. We've seen quite a few of them now. And now it's just a matter of getting together, having some laughs, having some drinks. And then we decide to have this little game format, don't we, Emma? Where oh, we, we do indeed. We, we all pick a winner. And then at the end we announce who the obviously most knowledgeable person in the podcast is. It's is never about me. films. If
2: it's been me. No, you always last, hasn't it, Len? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. I think it yeah. last year, yes. Last year, I believe I nailed best picture and then got everything else wrong. Yeah,
1: that's mental. Yeah, um, I mean, so, you know, I feel like that, that was almost that an accident That is mad that though. you called that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I yeah, feel like that
2: accident. was a fluke. No offense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't believe Correct. that that was insight. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you guys want to tune Correct. in to hear me make terrible predictions about movies, even though I do and a podcast a yeah. about TV and film, then yeah. um, follow us on social media. You can get us at uh, fan underscore critical on Instagram, at fan critical pod mm. on Twitter, or just fan critical on Facebook. Uh, or you could even. Get in touch with us and support us on Patreon. Uh, So we do have a Patreon where we ask Mm. you to support us and help us make even more fantastic content for you. uh, And the information on that, uh, Lucy, will give to you right now.
0: Yes, so it's exciting times over at Patreon Fan Critical HQ. Yeah. Um, We've got more. We've got more. They keep coming. The Patreons. Yay! They don't stop. Keep them coming. Most exciting of all, coming. we've got an elite blueberry. Woo! First of his name. Oh, first of his kind.
1: the first of his name.
0: Chris Mayer is an elite blueberry. Go, okay, Chris. Yeah. So welcome, Chris. That's So high, for that's being an elite stuff, blueberry, that's... Chris gets to commission his own podcast. Yes. Tell us what to do. So basically, if you want a piece of this action, you go to patreon.com yeah, forward slash fancritical. You don't have to enter in at the Elite Blueberry, you know. There are other tiers. You've got Junior, where you get Mm. access to cast it. You've got Senior, where you get access to cast it and the opportunity to chat to us on Discord. And yeah, then above that, you could join Big Boy Chris and become an Elite Blueberry. So he is having a think about what he wants to commission. Um, And yeah, so he will tell us to... what
1: Make it a wise choice. Yeah, do a wise choice. Make it a wise choice. Do Lord of the
0: Rings. No, you don't have to do Lord of the Rings. It's fine. Oh my God. I do Lord of the Rings. I can imagine i'd be here for years yeah so so maybe do do that um <laughs> so that's exciting so we've had <laughs> so chris is mic. an elite blueberry we've also had scott mesler who's a senior blueberry so he's going to be chatting oh, to us shit. he's got the opportunity and also absolute curveballs has been thrown by michael causey now he's been a junior blueberry for a while he has upgraded yeah, to senior on, because he just Loves it so much. Welcome to the senior rank, my friend. So he's in the get senior. Getting on that Already been having a chat, yeah. And he's given us some good ideas yeah. of what to uh, to cover. So if you Perfect. want some of this, if you want this praise, you can see how how much this means to us. Yeah, get over to the fan critical it does actually mean a lot. and subscribe. Yep. And we are going to be doing a lot more chatting on Discord. So we'll give you some updates on that. A lot more in chatting on Discord. Weeks, but yeah.
1: Yeah, and we're also going to be, uh, as we said before, and if you missed it last week, we're going to be making the Discord, so if we aren't around, which we will be, obviously, of course, because we, we're on Discord quite a bit. Someone's always But around. if we aren't around, there's there's going to be the 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 chat for all the Patreons, just solely the Patreons, so you can all chat to each other, speak to like-minded people. Just talk about uh, how, how good we are, really. Ep-
0: yeah, yeah. praise just Talk about how good we are, discuss obviously. your favourite is. We, we see it all. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we see it all, so we'll see all that. But it's more like if you want to chat about, like, The Outsider and we're not around uh, and we're not on Facebook or whatever, then you can chat to other people and they can, you can bounce ideas off of each other. Just you know, build theories, a nice community you know? of all
2: these like-minded people yeah, A little community. Great taste. Yeah, guys, so check it out if that sounds like something that you might like. Uh, and speaking of chatting about The Outsider, that's perfect timing for us to go and dive straight into the plot. To go and chat about The Outsider. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So we open up episode four with a flashback to the allegedly murderous assistant from the care facility having a breakfast date, as mm. if that's a fucking thing. Um, I it is a uh, thing. Is brunch. Yeah.
1: Well, Watch
2: brunch is a thing. Well, in a diner.
1: Yeah, that's true. In
0: America, yes.
1: Also, not it true. Yes. I love I love this sequence, Uh, the way it's shot and sort of the use of sound and just how sinister it is, and then it goes into the title sequence. I was like, oh fuck, that's creepy. It was just I I know I've never seen such a creepy breakfast. Like I love a creepy breakfast, but the way that's yeah, the way that syrup was being poured on those pancakes and what. what the creature, which we find out, was doing with those eggs? It was like, almost what the fuck like, are you doing to those eggs. The eggs
2: was weird. It was almost perverted, if that makes sense. Didn't it make you feel a bit dirty? Yeah,
1: it was like, it, it, yeah, it made me feel dirty. Maybe I was, was like, like, what's like, going oh, on here? You're
0: dipping bread into eggs. It's like, yeah, where have you been? That's what you do with egg yolk, isn't
2: uh-huh.
1: it? Yeah, I was like. That's called the Soldiers, mate. Yeah. Dip the soldiers. Yeah. Dip him in, like, dip oh, him oh, in, in the yolk.
2: Dip him in the yolk. Yes, that's the whole point. I, um, do you know what, actually, and then you mentioned this about like as an opening. One of the things that I really like about the show is the way that it fades into the titles. Yeah, that's really good. I, yeah, I love really it. love that kind of like, it's almost uzi. weird, oozy, cerebral kind of thing. I really like Rorschach-y
1: that. shaggy type. Yeah, thing. yeah, um, Ooze oh, thing,
2: yeah. Oh, so it was an opening. I think we're all pretty happy with it then. Yeah, it was good. It's one of those things like
1: you yeah, said, Len,
0: it. you're kind of like, what am I seeing? Well it makes me it really makes you exactly. have to think and work mm. and you know who he is. Who's that? Why are we seeing this? What does it mean? Like it does but test. It
1: your always brain. pays off.
2: Yeah, they do it explain. It always pays off in
1: the episode. Yeah. Mm.
2: So then we jump back to present day, where Holly is giving Ralph a call in the middle of the night, clearly, uh, to update him on the mm. connections between Heath and Terry. And then she decides that she's gonna go and follow the receptionist from last episode. Uh, which unfortunately earns her a face full of pepper spray. However, she does get in to speak to her, which is a bit of a shock, all things considered. So once she gets over this eye drama, uh, so strange. I just, I mean, she's just
0: like, yeah, I thought you were a man. A, Don't touch your
2: eyes, like you rude. have just
0: made someone. Like I know she was following you, but she is cold. It's and um, can our listeners advise whether or not it's legal to? like have mace in in America because it's not legal here you can't just have mace I think it is Americans can carry I I know they can carry
2: guns legally but I bet they've got a problem with pepper spray somehow It'd be interesting. Write in and tell yeah. us. Um, so she talks about, <laughs> so after the eye drama, she talks about her friendship with Heath, um, how much she struggled to accept that he'd actually committed the crimes despite all the evidence, his vacation, conflicting eyewitness statements from two different places. This is sounding familiar. Uh, so I imagine that we're all pretty confident we're dealing with the same situation as with Terry. So if it is some kind of creature or dark force or El Coco or whatever you want to call it, how do you think it chooses its victims, guys? That's a good question.
1: So, um, I think circumstance. Yes. Um, it feels very random at the moment, um, but it also feels like the person that they choose has to be going away somewhere. Um, like it might research or canvas these people um, Realise they're going on a little trip and then assume their identity for a time when they're not occupying the same space. Mm. It's Forget not what stupid, I mean. is it? Um, no, it seems like it's cunning. It knows they're going away, so it's got a little window to operate um, without them being without able them to be seeing, seen as a yeah. as, as a duo. Yes, yes.
0: or the, the the original seeing the double and then that
2: creating exactly. Some kind of, yeah. Madness. Black hole in the universe. Paradox. Um Paradox. Actually, the universe I think this yes. is something I was gonna bring up later or something I mentioned to Lucy while we were rewatching it earlier. and do you think that the outsider also takes on their memories um and their knowledge as well? Must do, yeah.
1: I think I think I think the weird thing about it is I think they do because it it, it knows I think when Terry Maitland approached the little boy, he said something to him from the van mm. or something. Um, And I remember that and I was like, okay. And just the way he he talked to the guy at the strip club, he knew yeah. who he was. Um, so he must have known the boy and known so, that
0: the boy knows him and that he's not really going to protest going with him. Yeah. So I mm. think it doesn't and make it, any sense if, yeah. doesn't, if they don't, if the doppelganger doesn't know, like... Or it needs to also kind of know where they work. Yeah.
1: It needs to know where they work. It needs to know where they usually hang out or something so they can be seen afterwards. So they can get caught. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it knows or it knows
2: something. Good. I'm glad we've cleared that up. That was my opinion too. <clears throat> so this is interesting. So we move on from here. Um, and Len, you said he really enjoyed the scenes with Glory. I actually thought that these two sets mm. of scenes were pretty dull. Um, you know, they're there meant to show like how intrusive the world is for someone who is in her position, the widow of a child murderer. So, first, a reporter posing as a homeschool teacher, and then there's some aggressive douchebag in a restaurant later, uh, where Ralph actually steps in to save the day.
1: I tell you funny about this. Um, why are they all going to dinner on the same night? Like, like, what I the think fuck? there's only it's one restaurant town. in town,
2: and it's probably Friday. The cops, oh, the murderers. The horrible people. They're all just there. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just the hangout.
0: Just... It's either there or the peach crease. Like, come on, where it's... are you going to go? Yeah.
2: I mean, maybe they're yeah. going there afterwards. Up. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I mean, having it's, It right. was funny <laughs> when you just
0: saw um, Ralph and...
2: What's his wife's name again?
0: I don't know. Oh, I can't remember. Just like peeking out from the <laughs> corner. I was like, of course Ooh. they're there. Yes, yeah. of course.
2: Yeah. I, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. having said all of that, I, I didn't... I didn't particularly like these scenes, but I thought Julianne Nicholson as Glory is uh, was fantastic. Uh, she's She played that role really well. I just felt, for me personally, they were a bit unnecessary.
0: No, I, but, I actually
2: disagree with... But I think as a viewer, it probably is different because I know what's happening. I th- think with
0: the... I think the restaurant scene was unnecessary. Um, but I think the insidiousness of what's happened to Glory, they could have just left it and been like, yep, husband's dead, that's that. But the fact that this woman, like, has to tried to out. infiltrate her home to get secrets. Like, there's no violence in that, but it's still a real violation. Yeah. And they're not just leaving the family of Terry Maitland. And it also makes you think, looking back at the actual, what happens in the rest of the episode, they're still there. They're still alive.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, The Len, grief hasn't
0: eaten them. And I wonder why that is. Mm, nice nice
2: turn of phrase there, Lucy. Thank you. I mean, Len, what was the impact of these on you? Because you really liked them. And, you know, on you and, I, and I guess, viewers who are... Shane Lee's in this scenario it's just
1: it's just brutal isn't it it's just a bit brutal um seeing how this has just affected her and the children obviously we assume that they're going to die at some point mm. or um mm. that that in theory at least at least the mum might die. Well, and that's um, more,
2: that's compounded even more in this episode, isn't it? When we start to see yeah, more background. Yeah,
1: exactly. So uh, you're just getting that sense of, is this building towards a suicide? Is this building towards something terrible? Because that seems to be the way it's going. Um, and the way that Il operates. <laughs> uh, so, so Yeah, I, I, I just like it for that. And I like uh, the actress playing Gloria. I think she's doing a good job.
2: Yeah, Julia Nicholson's brilliant. Um, fair play to her. She's, uh, she's she's smack on. Smack on. Smack on. Definitely a saying. Yeah, why not? Smack
1: on her. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so then we go back to Jack, right? So uh, he's hunting again with his mangy old neck and uh, he dumps the deer he's caught in a clearing. Okay, whatever. So off he goes to some big old retail store, buys a load of shit that makes no sense. Lamps, table hmm. lamps, standing lamps. lamps. uh Bottles of stuff. Uh, who knows? He dumps it all down by the yep. deer, and then he leaves it, and we get a nice, lasting view of the gory, half-snacked-on corpse of said deer. Uh, Len, what do we think is well, going now, on snacked here? On, yeah.
1: Okay, so this is the sort of stuff where sometimes Stephen King material falls a bit down, in my opinion, because it just feels so random; and it makes no sense. But what I will say is, I think. Basically the creature feeds on animals because we saw a little piggy like this before. Um, oh, yeah. The hog, the boar. Some J- of us Jack- spotted Jack it then, some of us didn't, you know. <laughs> yeah, correct. Correct. Um and I think what happens is he uses someone to doesn't clone them, but he uses or it ilgoko uses someone to uh get little animals which it feeds upon and then get all this like hardware together and it creates some sort of thing out of all the hardware that it uses to gestate itself yeah. into the person. It wants to clone, right. which in this case is obviously as we've,
2: Oh, actually, yeah. Cause there were well, sleeping bags knows. and lamps. Maybe it's like a, Light. not a terrarium, but what's the thing you put snakes in? No, no, not yeah, really. yeah terrarium,
1: terrarium. A out, or some sort of little area. incubation. I'm
2: going to, yeah, that's the one area. Um, I'm going to clarify something here. This does not happen in the book, um, so right, okay. I am baffled by this nonsense. Quite frankly, but that yes, makes slightly sense. I think it's incubation sense. time. Um, if yeah,
1: it's like it hibernates and yeah, turns into this thing.
2: Maybe okay, maybe that makes a bit more well, sense. If you're familiar
0: with like the Dracula story, he has his little minion Renfield who he does. He gets to do stuff for him, so it's quite common to have, you know, an earthly being to do your bidding. Um, But this scene... Yeah, Randall Flagg uses that quite a lot. I mean, I say yeah, no idea, but you're probably correct. The sort of hardware and just piling stuff up in a clearing in a woods reminded me a bit of the show Dark. I don't know if anyone's seen that. We actually got a comment from our newest senior blueberry, Michael, who said he'd love to hear us chat about Dark. So I'm chatting about it very briefly here. It just immediately reminded me of that kind of things that shouldn't really be in the woods being there.
2: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it
1: kind of reminded me of um, Super 8, which is a completely different sort of film, which is an adult sort of E.T. um, by J.J. Abrams. But that was where the monster just takes loads of items, like electrical items and stuff like that, and uses them to build some sort of spaceship or something. Yeah. And it kind of feels like that. It feels like small town America grab all the sort of parts that this creature needs to evolve essentially into this into the strip club guy
2: mm. Well, I, which is who is his next target is what I will say is that I wish we had shops like they have in America because if I could just go to one place and buy every single fucking thing I needed in a giant warehouse I would be the happiest girl alive yeah, yeah. so good so I, good
1: I will say this Australia Australia has that it's quite mad yeah. these shops yeah. where they Keep just have everything it it's like what they sell that here yeah
2: you mean no. I can get cheese and pasta I don't know why I'm thinking just the beige foods and a lamp and soil, yeah, and deer, yeah, and deer. A
1: sp- yeah. And a deer. Who well, knows? A deer. Maybe no. a guinea
2: pig for a pet. <laughs> All in one place. Um, before we,
1: what does the German say? Mischwunschchen. Well, While we're talking about dark, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Anyway, let's continue. Yes.
2: Uh, before we go off into some mad shopping list in my head, uh, so we head back to Ralph. So uh, in the show, let's do let's do that here. He's just got another update from Holly. And uh, he decides that he wants to go and watch all of the footage from the peach crease yet again. Mm. Interesting. Mm. He is very focused mm. on trying to see Terry scratch someone after Heathgate, as I'm calling it. Uh, and he thinks he's nailed it. But Claude, when he goes to question him, says that nothing happened. Now, if you think back to episode one, I'm pretty sure we zoom in on their hands and he, uh, after they've shaken hands. And Claude is like, oh, a bit weird. He's been scratched.
1: Claude is Claude, hmm.
2: Well, so my my question, and, and Lucy, I'll ask you this. So do you think that Claude is infected or about to be doppelgangered? Or is Ralph having a bit of a moment and trying to, thinking too much into things and trying to see them when they're not maybe there?
0: I'm not sure, to be honest,
2: because um, we
0: find out, um, I guess later on, that Heath scratched Terry he went into work the day after the bo- the the girls were yeah. murdered when he wasn't supposed to be there, um, presumably to pass this on. So if Terry's going around trying to find someone to infect after murdering his victim, then potentially? And didn't you say that he had the tattoos in, in the book? Yes. The figure, the outside or whatever. I now realise that was
2: a massive spoiler potentially, but I think um, we've all got yeah. that by this
0: point. Well... Yeah, and the, you know, the other spoiler, it's not a spoiler, but the fact that it's Paddy Considine playing Claude, that to me is, he's not just a yeah, bouncer. Exactly. Yeah, he's not a bit character, he's not just, so. no. no. As soon as I saw him, I was like, right, he's going to play a plot. Mm. Play a plot. Pay a big plot. I can't speak. Play a big part, And it's peas as well. <laughs> play a big part, um in what's to come. So, yeah, probably. And and the fact that he doesn't even remember being scratched. But wouldn't don't you need to scratch so hard that you draw blood? And why does no one notice this?
2: Well, it, mm, well, yes, I, I think that you do. Because we see it with. But I'm making assumptions. Mm. It's interesting, though. Mm. It is. Len, what about you? You concur? No, it's
1: definitely him, isn't it? He, he, yeah, I concur. I'll tell you what's silly, though. Um,
2: <laughs> Not just the name. Why of the
1: strip is, it, is it, it. So, targeting Heath made sense because. It's a different, he's come from a different state, right? And the the creature knows this, so Heath is going to return back to Dayton, okay? Mm -hmm. Targeting Terry Maitland is clever because Terry's going to head back to wherever they are, I can't remember for the life of me for some reason. Cherokee
0: City. Virginia or whatever. Well, Georgia. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Georgia. Uh, So that made sense because it's giving itself distance, so these cases can't be uh, pinpointed. Doing the guy in the strip club—that sounds dodgy. <laughs> uh, scratching the guy in the strip in the strip club doesn't make any sense. No, because it's a small town, it's very close to and home, and it, it—it's it's very close to home. Shitting on your so own So the way doorstep, this creature mate. usually operates, yeah, the way this creature usually operates is to choose someone that is going to be leaving this area and it's going cross country.
2: I hadn't thought about that. Um, so, be, so for me, it makes hmm.
1: no logical sense. It makes no logical sense for the creature. Yeah, um, but it's confirmed later in the episode that he was scratched, so um, it seems like that is an option. It would be it'd be weird for me. It wouldn't make any sense for the creature's sort of modus modus operandi, the way it works. Mm. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. So that's my two
2: cents on it. No, I appreciate that because I hadn't really thought about that part of it. So actually, very um, very intelligent two cents, Lynn. Thank you. Mm. Uh, speaking of scratches Thanks. and care homes. Uh, Holly's new pal, the receptionist lady, lets her in the back door uh, of said care facility to go and see Terry's dad. Shouldn't really get much because clearly he is very sadly suffering quite badly. Although he does have a moment of potential lucidity where he says something along the lines of he didn't do it, he fooled you all, didn't he? Now, at this point, do you think he means Heath? Do you think he means Terry? Or do you think he means the outsider? Luce, what what do you think about that? It's difficult because... um
0: receptionist lady, she doesn't have a name, um, says to Holly that they didn't really have much to do with each other, Heath and Terry's father. Like he he worked in there sometimes. They're not, they didn't seem particularly close. But also they didn't even know Terry was dead last week. No. So how would yeah. he know what had happened? I mean, I suppose he watches a lot of TV. Maybe he'd, he'd, saw, he'd seen it on the news that his son was accused of this heinous crime. Um, and the same with Heath. So I, d- I really don't know. I think mm. it's deliberately left ambiguous, and it's that thing of you know they you, you see it sometimes in horror films, mental health like dementia or Alzheimer's, but people being actually being able to see the truth through it, but you don't know yeah. what they what they mean because yeah. their mind is seen to be so adult, but they've actually seen like.
2: So it truth. reminds me a little bit um of City Spacek in uh, Castle yeah, Rock. Yeah, that's a good example. Um, of what I mean. And that sometimes age, so younger people and older people Yeah, little children as well. puts you closer to I suppose like other r- dimensions or realities or things that, you know, yeah. people of a a middling um position don't see. And it also reminded me um, weirdly a little bit that whole scene a little bit of um Doctor Sleep. Yeah, same. Like, just very odd. But I, th- I, I yeah. think he means the outsider. I think he knew that when Heath came into his room to plant the hairs and whatever else he planted in there, that it wasn't Heath. Um, but you said he didn't do it, and the outsider did do it. No, but I think he meant Terry didn't do it, the outsider fooled you all. Ah, uh, okay.
0: Yeah, maybe. Then what do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, something along those lines. It's just creepy, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's just scary. It's just scary when blah, blah. you hear stuff like that. Like, he's... Gibberish, gibberish, and then it's like, yeah, he filed you all, didn't he? It's like, what? Uh-huh. Sorry? Uh-huh. What are you doing and i just that? turn the telly you off. Just, you were just like, saying that. Play- he nah. said I had all the kings a minute ago, and now you're <laughs> saying that. Stop saying that.
2: Um, but don't worry, everybody, uh, after this traumatising scene, because security guard Andy is here to save the day. Yay! Uh, luckily, it turns out he's a former detective, uh, and he can get inside information for Holly. Hold on there, there's a catch. Uh, that is in return for dinner. Mm. So the way he says that it's, it's quite a good performance really and a good character because you think it's harmless the but
0: then I think oh there's something slight that you could sort of mm. turn at any moment the way the way he says it is almost like a threat and then he like goes back on it because he probably realizes that it it's come
2: across a bit badly. <laughs> um but I actually quite like them together. Yeah and actually I I think that their chemistry was quite funny because they're both really awkward and weird, um, but in a really lovely way. But they were
0: quite comfortable together.
2: Yeah. And but, I mean, Holly clearly decides that it's worth the risk mm. uh, of it, potentially him being a lunatic. And uh, they go and meet in a bar. They talk a bit about some similarities in the cases. and And one of those that really kind of gets hit on here, and I think it's the first time it's hammered home by a character, is... The kind of snowball of destruction for the families of both victim and alleged killer. So like Heath's brother and his mother kill themselves. The victim's grandfather um, has a fatal stroke. Um, One victim's mother tries to kill herself. This had a really huge impact on me. Um, Len, what did you think about Security Guard? And it makes me think of bloody Toy Story when I say that. (laughs) Um, And Holly. Uh,
1: I like it um he seems like a sweet guy i'll be sh- it would be a shame if he turns out to be something sinister i don't think he is um, No, i, don't. I think uh, this is just a device for holly to uh show a different side of her character to us and show that she you know she is like we said she is able to form these um complex emotional relationships which is something that we've talked about like portrayed before that people suffering um sometimes with this sort of um uh you know what is it, like Asperger's and stuff like that. They're not able to form connections with people, but she is able to form connections with people. I think that's, yeah, that's that misconception,
2: well. isn't it? That they don't... Yeah, it's a
1: misconception. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm not, don't take me to say that. Oh, no, that's no, no I was I was agreeing with you in that you know. kind of... I can't
2: believe you yeah. said
0: yeah. that Asperger's yeah. people can't form relations, Len. That's, just, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. my takeaway no. from this podcast. Yes,
1: damn, damn you, Hollywood. <laughs> um, no, so uh, it's nice to see her like open up to someone a little bit, you know? Yeah,
2: so I like yeah, it was nice. It. And I think she, you know, Cynthia Ariba is brilliant. I'm really like, one of the films that I'm going to watch uh, in preparation for Oscar's podcast is Harriet, which I I'm... really
0: like her face. Yeah, it's a just, lovely
2: face. Just, she's very captivating to look at.
0: Mm. And it's not just about being attractive, because, you know, Hollywood's full of attractive people. But when she's on screen, you just can't take your eyes off her. She's very compelling.
2: Yeah, compelling um, is, I think, the way I really isn't enjoy it? looking at her. Yeah. She kind of draws you right in mm. and I, I find it's very easy to get distracted in a show but I but find I fixed, am very... Yeah, she holds your attention very Yeah, well. very it's fixed attention. Um, although, having said that, afterwards uh, they have an awkwardly cute post-date slash sharing hmm. information kiss which I found slightly uncomfortable but also adorable. Uh, so after this, Holly goes and sits at the hotel bar and she starts musing aloud to herself about how Heath and Terry could have possibly been infected, where it originated from, um, Girl behind the bar says something and a cube, mad investigator, rushing off to our old friend, the receptionist's house late at night to ask her about any trips that Heath might have been on. Um, <laughs> which, Wait, so this is all a bit... Awkward. ...rushed for me. It is a little bit um, because literally within seconds, oh, there actually is one. He went to New York City in February um, and he sent me a postcard. Of and the hotel that he stayed in. And it said on the back, just, I've met a girl, this don't is where, tell mum. This is
0: why I gave it three because I just thought... That is almost beneath the show. The show, as I see it, just to be like, I mean, yeah, the the bartender. I think she says, um, "Where did he catch it from?" And she's like, "You can't catch murder." So, well, who gave it to him? And that that's good. Like the kind of, oh, there might be more. Mm. But then for it to be so easy, like, do you remember him saying anything? Yeah, she sent me a postcard of this shit hotel he stayed in. It's not like it's the Plaza from Home Alone, you know. It was a Here's bit... a postcard of this. Oh yeah, I met. The, the met only a girl. thing is, I. Yeah.
1: I agree that the postcard is lazy, but at the same time, if you look at the timeline, this is only like two, two and a half months ago. She's going to remember like February. It's not like eight months ago. So this happened in February. It's not the memory. It's happened in February. Maitland was there in March. They're in April now. Roughly. I think more the convenience of the
0: postcard, not just, oh, yeah, he sent me a postcard from New York. That's fine. That's normal of this shit hotel he stayed in. It's just a bit like, oh, yeah. plot device. Yeah, I agree. That's a bit weird. I Amazing. think that but it's
2: it, possibly because up until this point, um, actually, the storyline has been relatively slowly paced. Yes. Yeah, and now it's really picked yeah. up. So that now that things ramp a up, jarring. it feels it's the
1: jarring, eureka yeah. moment. But it's the eureka moment, which is always quite quick. It's that moment, which is, wait a minute, maybe he caught it from someone. And then it's you know, and then it goes in this quick spiral that happens mm-hmm. and all these sort of c- crime or detective things will have a moment where, yep. like, wait a minute. And then there's quick cuts and it's frantic. Eureka! And then you, before you know it, you're in a different place. You well, know so what I mean? Get so, the carriage. Um, I was. It was okay. It was okay. I, I I like the idea that now we're going to New York as well because that's like a new a new setting. Um,
2: I have, which was quite interesting. No strong feelings one way or the other actually about this scene. I'm not really, not really bothered. Frustrated. Me. Um, so then we find out from this, Holly goes off and does some investigation, and we find out uh, the identity of Heath's breakfast date, and it is a lady called Maria Kennelles. Uh She has been arrested for the murder of a child. Uh, yet again, she was innocent, she had alibis, blah, 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 blah. So it seems like, at least for our purposes, we found something like a patient zero. Mm. Um. And I I liked this. I liked the introduction of that. I liked Holly going off to visit her. Um, So let's... You mentioned this earlier in the beginning, I think, um, Len, when she's on the journey over to Rikers Island, there's some kind of flashes to the other guy and the way these two timelines kind of intersect. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was really interesting. Who did you think this bloke was at the time?
1: Yeah, honestly, I thought it was someone... um being manipulated to go and kill holly for for investigating or something um interesting because that's the way it's that's the way it's made to make us feel it's made to make us feel on edge you know he's making a journey she's making a Mm. journey at one point i was like is this guy gonna like ambush the bus and just fucking slaughter everyone like that's what it felt like um but then obviously we get the reveal a bit later on um which was which was excellently done very well crafted show
2: no, agreed. Uh, we also get a flashback to how that breakfast date ended with what I've described as scratchy, sexy time. Uh, Maria gives... It was scratchy. It was. Yeah. Mm. Drew blood. Yeah. Proper.
1: Lovely. <laughs> you know, I mean, drawing blood, drawing blood, maybe a step too far. Nothing wrong with a little I scratch. I didn't know where you were going to go with that then. Don't then. draw the blood.
0: you really got to go, go no.
2: for it to no. draw blood. Oh, yeah. I would have
1: thought. Yeah,
2: 100%. Definitely. Ugh. Um. And, and then we get that kind of confirmation that the outsider or El Coco or whatever you want to call him is destroying families. El Coco. <laughs> uh, I can't, every time cheerful. you do that, it just cracks me up. Um, so then we realise that this guy is, no, he's not out to kill Holly. He is the grandfather of the victim, alleged victim of Maria, who then shoots her father and her uncle who have stood by her complex relationships i think i got them right no yeah that was this mm. hit me like a ton of bricks it really like for some reason it really affected me i think just feeling the grief of both sides of the coin of what el mm. coco does to families just just mm. really affected me i mean Louise, what about you
0: i think what's most interesting about it is obviously we we find out through another bit of a convenient Plot line that about el coco such a it's just not i I hope it's not going to keep being referred to as that it's too cheerful for what it is Mm. um (laughs) and it's you know grief the grief eater and it it causes um all this additional pain because it feeds off it but really if you think about it if you're interested in true crime at all which i think most people are these days it's rare that you would you would have something so horrific happen and then not be a fallout that would maybe cause too. some more death. So it's interesting like there's the the sort of dimension between it's a monster doing it or, you know, if your child's murdered It's just cold, dark reality. Maybe maybe you are gonna try and shoot the person that did it. Maybe you are gonna hang yourself because everyone's yeah. dead. It's not even like, oh, it's well, yeah. how did this happen? It's like, it doesn't even not make sense. No. Like it it makes sense that these horrific crimes would create and that maybe that in itself is enough. To create the grief
2: that the grief is. Well, and eats. that's a very kind of kingy and trope, isn't it? Is the line between supernatural and human? Yeah, um, yeah. It's a very mm. thin, thin line. It's like, what's off the trod? true horror?
0: Like, does it really need to be a, a melted face demon when <laughs> these things could happen quite easily? Sorry, General, and what laughing. I found most interesting actually about Maria, yeah. because although I found the getting there a bit trite, um, like I think Holly says, she's still alive.
2: Yeah. So how's that? And that was really interesting. Is that because she's a woman? Is it because she's too strong? Is it? I think what, it might be something do to do with God.
1: She's too strong. Because she was like, I, I, I'm here for a, a reason.
0: It, because God wants me here. Maybe it's belief. I blame God.
1: Well, she said she said someone tried to kill her. So it's like the creature has yeah, manipulated someone to t- try and kill her. She she fought him fought him off because she's she's like she said she's a good fighter. So that's the reason she's still alive. Yeah, maybe it's um, kind of... there I her, sure be I other attempts at.
0: as well, because if we're going down the this-is-a-demon route, I don't think it's a demon necessarily, but maybe her belief in God has
2: well, kind of... Well, I mean, let's let's talk a bit more about when we start hearing the story of El Coco, because, so before Holly leaves the prison after she's talked to Maria, um, some random bird who's been visiting someone else leaves her a note, uh, and then she goes to visit her, because obviously... And she tells the story about um, El Coco, the bogeyman, the outsider, the grief eater, and all his various other guises. One of the things that she talks about, yeah, Um, one of the other other things that she she says to Holly is, you know, do you believe in God? And then, of course, the other question is, well, do you believe in the devil? She said, I believe in devils. Mm. You know, and and maybe that that is the line. I, I think with Maria, it's very much about strength of conviction, whatever that conviction is, whether it's... Uh, you know that that she is innocent, that she has faith, that she will not be beaten. Whatever it is, she is a different character. And actually, if you think about it, Terry was shot. He mm. didn't succumb necessarily, Um uh, but Heath did kill himself. Yeah. So it, yeah, so only weird. because he was going to be
1: killed. Yeah. Only because he was going to be killed. He did, he t- he wanted to go out on his own terms. Like that's different. That's strength in a different yeah way. To be honest with you. Um, you know, um, I think I think all three of these characters, um I think Terry was unlucky, you know, he got shot. Like, there's not much you could you could do about that. No. Like, you know, the other ones in prison, they've got a bit of control. They had a little bit of control. Um, so I I think they've all got strength in them, these characters, not just her. So I don't know if it's a faith thing, but I'd be disappointed if it is strictly to do with believing in god she
0: said like it was almost the fact that she's arrested well she's in prison doesn't have the same effect on her because she believes that's god's will and that if she's in prison there must be a reason for it rather than being like i didn't do i didn't kill a kid like um, my, my dad and my uncle are dead as a result mm. and I'm in prison now going to get shanked at any moment she sees it in a different way like there must be a reason why I'm here and that's the kind of that really differentiated her from it me it did
2: really stand out didn't mm. it um, I mean
0: not ex- something you expect someone to say really if you didn't kill a kid and you're in prison for it to be like no, well that's God's, God's un, plan to quote unwavering
2: Drake. faith isn't it mm. I mean so this is kind of like the culmination of the the last four episodes is getting to the end of this and being introduced or or giving the monster, a name, and uh, not necessarily a face, but a personality and a backstory. Len, did you do you like El, El Coco? Um,
1: are we talking now about the the, the scene at the end where um, Holly's just going through the internet pages and stuff? Because fuck me, yeah. I've done that before, and, and it's terrifying. Um, you fall into a hole, you know, like don't when
0: you?
1: you start researching like mythical Ugh. demons and stuff, and this sounds bizarre but it's just like, you know, when Slender Man was a thing and it's like, Not okay, yet. I'm going to do some research on Slender no, Man. better do and some research, fall down this hot... It's just yeah.
2: like a quick Google, yeah, 10 hours case. later, frozen in the corner of a room with um, a laptop.
1: And you sort of just fucking freak yourself out and you're just like, oh my God, what have I read? It's probably all bullshit. But then, you know, you just read these horrible little myths about how these people disappeared and these strange things that occur in the world. Um and then you just the music at this point and just the, the setting so good in this doing episode. it, it mm, I haven't really mentioned yeah, that but the music it's really good. throughout the thing is fantastic it's just this constant string like this like violin viola string just constantly moving up and ratcheting up it's a really emotional
2: or kind of emotion driving score isn't it
1: yeah yeah I mean I remember finishing the episode yesterday and was just like well that's fucked up and i wasn't feeling i put the tennis on afterwards because i was just i just need to watch something that's completely different um so yeah i actually really like the end of it and the pictures are creepy um it just made me laugh how it's like got the pictures of all the stuff uh that sound terrible and then it's like Il coco. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the worst of them all the,
0: chocolate.
1: Oh, the hot chocolate uh, the worst of the all, I mean also the hooded man, like Well
2: yeah, I was just gonna say When it was
1: showing the pictures of these other creatures is eating these children, I was like, Fucking hell, this is bloody
2: But then isn't we it? get a scene And then
1: it just showed the hooded guy.
2: With the kid who stole the van coming back and being like, actually I lied. I did see someone in the parking lot. I'll draw it for you. Yeah, that's that made up. me laugh. Just yeah. the
0: idea of someone saying, "Can you describe this person?
2: Why don't you draw it?" And just what I would end up drawing:
0: stickman. Like, I... Yeah, you, ha- you have to be good at art. <laughs> and it's just if you can't draw, oh, it's just, just going to look laugh. like fucking nonsense. Yeah, I would just draw a stick man with a swirly well, face. Well, it did. His was quite. good. It did look
1: like nonsense, but at the same time, it's very distinctive, isn't yeah. it? What the kid drew doesn't matter what it looks like because the guy is so obviously, like you said, melty. But like, this def- melty guy that that no matter what he drew was going to look like something very distinct now his drawing was good it just made me
0: laugh the thought of having to draw someone (laughs) so that people could identify them just because i'm really bad at art it
1: looked like the uh character drawings out of bob's burgers and uh, (laughs) i was like this guy works for bob's burgers he's in the animation team but that turns out um yeah
2: so that's episode four guys um Mixed opinions. Yeah, good but, episode, I thought. But lots of stuff to talk about, which is which is really good. Um, so I think it might be time for us to move into Little King Corner. I'm
0: innocent, Red. Just like everybody else here, the house is burning. Hi, Georgie.
2: I'm afraid I have a tendency to turn up the heat.
1: Red Rum. Red Rum. Creepy Carrie. Creepy Carrie. You flunked
2: door! Hello. King Corner time. Here is where we talk about all things Stephen King, uh, book differences and Easter eggs, although they may be rather scant in this uh, particular adaptation. Uh, scanty. Scanty. So I'm going to start with Easter eggs. I'll be perfectly honest with everybody, both here recording the podcast and here listening to us in your ears. Uh, I'm really struggling to find any Easter eggs in uh, this adaptation. Yeah. The only thing I've got is quite a lot of kind of hints or or like links to Pennywise or It with the kids. And that's pretty much it. Oh yeah. Um, and actually at one I mean point they, they do call of... it It. Um, yeah, they
1: literally It. I was like, are you taking the piss? It. Come on.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, let's hope it's not Pennywise cause that'd be awful. Other than that, I've literally got nothing from this Would episode and I've watched it twice. So I'm hoping that uh, our audience might. So if you so do... There was one thing I yeah. noticed. This.
0: Oh. Um, yeah. It's not really an Easter egg. This is barrel scraping time but the images at the end that she was googling one of them really looked like they demogorgon from strange things no from something else of course yeah, strange. <laughs> <Knock it out. laughs> yeah, yeah. just like the big teethies and the body yeah yeah that's
1: de- like demogorgon time demogorgon
2: like len did you it. spot any easter eggs
1: no just i, I once again like you said that it references the links between children um and not really i've not seen I've not seen too many references, obviously, we' spoke about Holly Gibney before and how her character is its own version of that character, so not coming from the Mr Mercedes trilogy thing um which is how I read somewhere, and this is me just doing a bit of extra research, but I read somewhere that that is how she um believes in the supernatural that is yes. why she believes in the supernatural and then the, her character at this point is obviously uh well versed in the supernatural well, so that's why her character
2: in, um of experience with some really yes fucking weird, weird so shit. that's why yeah. she's sort of skewed towards this way exactly. of believing
1: in like a demon whereas actually the character that we're introduced to is her own thing and we just have to believe that she believes in that anyway she yeah. hasn't had any personal experience with the supernatural so that's the only thing that i was thinking whilst this was going on um yeah, so nothing in regards to that. But if we have missed any Easter eggs, and, and there will be a feedback section uh, coming up, you can email us at fancriticalpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's in the show notes. Um, and then let us know if we've missed any Easter eggs. Uh, and uh, we'll hear from some, uh, some listeners later on. We
2: will indeed. Um, so let's talk book differences. As I said at the beginning, we're really starting to diverge from the book itself. Uh, so there, there are quite a few, although not always comparable, Uh, in terms of, like, this happened this way in the book and this way in the show. So a couple of those niggly things. Uh, In uh, the book, Heath's mother hangs herself rather than driving into a pole, which I actually thought was important because of the Peterson father. Mm. But it does have the same impact. Um, Obviously, it's just showing the... (sighs) Just depressing nature of grief. I wondered isn't it? if
0: she was going to take other people out with her,
2: which well, would have been even yeah. more grief to eat potentially. Um, mm. I mentioned earlier that Jack doesn't do the weird lamp deer messy thing in the woods thing. It's um, enough said about that. Um, yeah. The receptionist, our receptionist mate in the book, she's a bit fucking more grim, to be honest. So she's, I think she's recently mm. divorced. She's pretty skinned or poor for the Americans, (laughs) and she's a really, really heavy smoker. So actually what happens in the book is that Holly goes around there and bribes her with cash. Um, I I, I don't think the change has any impact either way for me, to be honest. No, no impact. She's kind of neither here nor there. Um, In the book, Holly doesn't have... A relationship with Sergeant Andy, <laughs> Sergeant. or whatever his fucking that name. That is an absolute oh. upgrade. He's a security oh. guard. Yeah, sorry, security mall guard <laughs> Andy. He's a mold guard. Um, <laughs> Sergeant. God. And I, so I think there are certain things. Lieutenant Andy. <laughs> <laughs> captain andy uh i think in the book there are other things that happen later on which i will talk about when we get further along in the series um that i think they're trying to replicate somewhere here and it's just a kind of tv hbo version of making you a bit more human or a bit more likable going back to that kind of slightly spectrum-y um you know type personality now there are two differences from this episode to what happens in the book that i think are important so firstly, we don't have a third victim of El Coco in the book. Ooh. So we don't we don't actually go back that far, if that makes sense. Um not that I remember, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I do not remember there being a kind of further backstory story or kind of patient zero or going back to where it began. I actually like it in the show because I think it's it's easier to extrapolate on a story like this over six hundred pages. Than it is over ten episodes because you can really draw yourself into it, and I actually think it has a really good impact on the show. And I, and I don't know about you guys, but I think without Maria, do you think just Heath and Terry would have been enough? No, nah. that could just be coincidence. Nah, I think you
1: need to, you need to, yeah, that's coincidence. When you get three things, that's you know, oh, that's weird, isn't it?
2: Yeah, good. I'm glad you agree we're on the same page the other difference is that in the book the El Coco myth is actually told by Eunice Sablo uh, which I is love a, Eunice yeah I know that's cool it, um, which I, I think makes more sense than what happens in the show from random he prisoner have, woman he could have told Ralph in another well, very low that's exactly voice. what happens he tells Ralph he tells Ralph the story because it's something that he was told as a child. Yeah. So the bo- the bogeyman El Coco. Yeah. Um, that, that literally makes much more sense. And I think, and you know, you guys by the sounds of it do agree that that as a like a flashback of him being scared as a kid and told that story by his grandma would have been way better than this random woman. Yeah,
0: because it was jarring, like passing her a note. It didn't make any sense. around, just telling her all this stuff.
1: I thought it was creepy though. Yeah, it's creepy though, it's isn't it? It's creepy, I it shot but I think really Unis well creepy. I
0: the would have,
2: that would have been better, and and I think for me the reason this is more important is because that had a massive impact for me in the book, but also that it would give him more of a role, whereas because yeah. he does have a much bigger role in the book, whereas he doesn't seem to here. And I think they're trying to give; they seem to be giving Holly a much bigger role in the show, which I don't necessarily disagree with. But but
0: he could have told Ralph and Holly when they were t- together at yeah. some point come on
2: Eunice yeah
1: maybe I don't know I just like Eunice I don't know I quite like Holly on this journey of discovery yeah I
2: I do enjoy her it's just interesting to see the comparison Um, listeners if I have missed anything um, book differences wise please do let us know again as Len said uh, or any Easter eggs that you've got email us at fancriticalpodcast.com and we will read it out speaking of which Len you got some listener feedback for us
1: um, we do have some listener feedback. Yes, you can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts on The Outsider or anything else. And that is what uh, people have just been doing. They've been doing that uh, last week, They've been doing it the week before. Uh, so we've got some some stacked feedback for everyone. Um, first off, uh, an email from Beth Panico. Um, uh, she says, we know we have a, rate, a a system for rating, but is there a limit on questions Per email because she has a few. Um, First on episode two on the Outsider, when Mister Peterson hung himself, there was a long shot on the street uh, of the street, and it looked like the hooded guy walking away from the house. Was she just seeing things? Firstly, no, you were not just seeing things. He was there. He was loitering around, like crazy. He's everywhere. He's about. He's he's loitering about. Uh, She says, "When do we? When did we start podcasting?" Um, Because she subscribed to the Fan Critical podcast. Uh, But the earliest show that shows up on a feed is the Q&A with Castle Rock Historical Society covering season one. Now, that is actually a very important question. We have just switched hosting providers and our back catalogue is slowly being imported. We have done almost 200 podcasts uh, and we started with Game of Thrones season seven. So what I will say is anyone who's trying to find our old, old episodes uh, next this time next week, they'll all be there. Um, But right now they are not. Or you can find them on our website. Do not worry about that
2: fancritical.com
1: uh you can you can find them on the website fancritical.com uh you can also uh you know spotify they might still be on spotify but right now uh, the hosting provider still hasn't transferred our backpack catalog so just give that another week and that'll be there if you can wait that long hopefully this will tide you over until then uh emma have you have you read uh stephen and owen king's book sleeping beauty it was 700 pages of her life she will not get back what thought about that,
2: I was about to say I haven't, but I might, but not after that review. um, I'll read that when I get to the end of the Stephen King catalogue because I still haven't finished it yet, but no I haven't. I'm be interested once I get through to it uh on some more thoughts from you,
1: yep, so thanks, thanks that Beth uh. Uh, email from Yoav Shi. Hope I've pronounced that correctly. Uh, this is directed at Emma and Lucy. Hi, Emma and Lucy. Uh, love Hello. your recap of the show. One thought regarding episode two's King Corner. I don't know if it's an Easter egg or just something in my head, but when Ralph is mentioning that the van followed the Maitlands from Dayton, Howard said that maybe it was haunted. And Alec then answers, "Yeah, my mother the car. Well, my mother the car was a 1960s TV sitcom." <laughs> in which a man finds out that his mother was reincarnated as a car. This sounds
0: amazing. However,
1: I've My Mother the that. Car is also an Arrested Development episode in which Lucille Bluth tries to convince her short memory loss suffering son, Michael, portrayed by Jason Bateman, that he was the one driving the car, causing an accident oh, and yeah. trying to hit his brother uh, Go, uh, Joe uh, while, in fact, it was her driving a vehicle. Yeah, I love yes, that episode. Very funny. It's, well, I love that show And so also, much. we can't... And it's obviously Jason Bateman heavy. Yeah, yeah and, and we can't so, yeah. help
2: but also say, uh, you know, re, reincarnated as a car or a possessed car like Christine. Christine,
1: Christine. yeah, Christine. That was yeah. a really nice spot. Um, um,
2: did, did I love, love spot an Arrested
0: Development yeah, crossover. So, yeah, big fan of that.
1: Yeah, big fan of that. Um, and thank you for the podcast, uh, says you are, you are, she. So, thank you're you. Well, you're, you're welcome. Thank you for your email. Uh, and great spot once again if we, if we miss any easter eggs like that that's a great one let us know um because that definitely has <laughs> you know some relevance i'm gonna google it i'm
0: gonna fall down in my mother the car google hole yep yeah that's a, that's a better one than weird <laughs> demons yeah.
1: so um we have uh some uh thoughts from one of our long-time listeners len preston len. Oh, uh, len. great podcast uh Nice to have uh, the boys back too. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. You've lost me there, the Len. For I'm the boys afraid. This week, yeah. What which lens lost you? Preston. Um, Preston. This version of Holly yeah, is different from the book, but I wouldn't call her a completely new creation. At least I've seen no evidence uh, of that other than the odd mind meld moment <laughs> of, on the staircase. <laughs> mind meld. Um, yeah, good point, Len. Yeah, yeah. So good point, Len. Um, Right here we go. Elizabeth Nikolaevich has, has had this to say, uh, and this is referring to you, Lucy Nema, and, Emma, and um, some of the some of the stuff that you've been saying in the first two podcasts. I think <laughs> um, crap. that sounds uh, spouting. So, first, so, firstly, there's a there's a bit of a. Do you remember this? Uh, bunting situation with the baseball yes.
0: um, i did not really offer a good explanation yeah i mean
1: i would have i wish i was on that podcast because i was sitting there going like i know we don't know much about baseball but i know what a bunt is but um elizabeth said uh, bunting is a bird a strategy in baseball a plump baby and decorative paraphernalia yes. uh, yeah. it looks like maitland taught ralph's boy to bunt uh use the opposing team to become disoriented and scramble not um not party like it's 1999 <laughs> it's all in the context not uh nationality um if it has any meaning at all perhaps analogous to bunt in baseball because their investigation is disoriented and in disarray mm. um, the exact purpose of a bunt is to send the other team in you know into disarray Stephen King is a baseball fan. A successful bunt, you just touch touch the ball and make it do what you want, not potentially put it directly in the hands of the other team. So I thought that was quite interesting. interesting. Thank you, Elizabeth.
2: Um, Very interesting. Um,
1: Ash, Wednesday, Emma, Ash Wednesday is 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 more prevalent in America than Britain, since America wasn't founded on tribal relations as in Europe. <laughs> um, yeah, true. Religion has has played a massive role in British history, which historically then binds British and American history together. Uh, and Lucy, Roanoke is relevant in The Outsider as a theme um, because some things can't be explained. Two attempts were made to create a permanent colony in the Roanoke County, North Carolina, by Sir Walter Raleigh, First led by Lane and the second by John White, both failing with the second called The Lost Colony and is now called Hatteras, a vacation spot of North Carolina. There. Jamestown is in Virginia. And did become the first permanent English colony, not Roanoke. It all remains a mystery.
2: A fascinating so, a one, nonetheless. Careful of those Wikipedia holes. have been there.
1: Yeah, we. Yeah, good stuff, though. Thank you for that, Elizabeth. Uh, Anthony Gentle has had this to say: Hi, guys and gals, listening to your old adaptation episodes as I watch the movies, and your episode on Apt Pupil was amazing. Yay. Thank you. So interesting to yeah, finally some
0: positive feedback for At Pupil I didn't think anyone listened to it no I'm very glad to hear that I love <laughs> well, doing here that it podcast is. yeah thanks
1: here it is it's here it exists um, so interesting to learn the book was so much darker than the movie and I love that Emma also thought the homeless guy was Christopher Malone yes! uh, for a bit as well uh, I said that to my wife and she was like, meh. So I thought it was just me who thought No, it. It, Lol. you are not alone, uh, my look- <laughs> friend.
2: You are not alone. I like to see another Law & Order SVU aficionado <laughs> listening to our podcast. Thank you.
1: Well, uh, um, he's looking forward to more King movie and mini series podcasts. Please do more. Uh, Rose Red, please. That's one of my faves. Ooh, good shout. There will be more in the future um, after The Outsider. Um, that's for sure.
2: For sure. I'll
1: let Emma and Lucy take the reins on which ones we decide to do because... I'm out of ideas. Oh, <laughs> but we've, Rose we've Red sounds like an option. I've got a
2: worry. list, don't worry, and that list is largely guided for oh, a change yay. from my reading, so you can go and do your movie watching homework.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Um, and Brooke Bunny has had this yay, to say, Brooke hello Bunny. friends, unfortunately it appears that Hulu won't be renewing Castle Rock, oh. and Amazon won't be airing the Dark Tower series as we all had hoped. Now, I'm not 100% that's true, that they're not renewing season three. I need to do a bit more research into that um from what the first things i heard was that they would be doing it but maybe they maybe they won't be um since we'll be short on the new king material once the outsider ends i wondered what the plans are for the podcast going forward i would like to suggest three bad uh, but also somewhat good horror movies that i'd love to hear your opinions on they are 13 ghosts the others. Skeleton Key and The Mist which Gareth hates Gareth hates The Mist so that would be actually really <laughs> I fun I have Stephen King though isn't
0: um, it The Mist or am I thinking of something
2: no it is that's yeah, yeah 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 Stephen King dating? yeah that's Stephen King uh, I, that's so good. I think I've watched half of the Netflix series and I've watched the film the
0: film not the
2: Show. Uh, so according to a news article last week, just to clarify, the fate of the critically acclaimed anthology series Castle Rock has been placed in the uncertain category, according to Hulu's Senior Vice President of Scripted Originals, Ooh. Craig Erwitch. Critically acclaimed.
1: Oh, that's not good. Mm, yes. That's not good. That's not good, team. No. That's not good, team. Uh, um, uh, Brooke has also had this to say. Also, if there's a book I... Uh, I read years ago that details the epic battle between the powers of good and evil after the world is destroyed. I would argue that Swan Song by Robert McGann- McGammon beats the stand hands down. If anyone wants to give that a read for a podcast, then I'd be the happiest person in the world. Anyway, just my thoughts and suggestions, Tar, for now.
2: I um, I will be taking up that as a list of reading, actually. Um, I've had some really good things about Swan Song, but never read it.
1: Well, there you go. There you go. And that's, that's it for feedback this week. As I said, if you want to get in touch, it's fan critical podcast at gmail.com, that is fan critical podcast at gmail.com. Emma, back to you in the studio. Thank you.
2: Um, fantastic feedback. Please do send more in. Uh, we love it, especially when it gets to pad out my reading lists. Uh, but that is it for this week uh, for Que Viene El Coco. Uh, but we will be back next week for episode five, which is titled "Tear Drinker." which is a horrible play on Grief Eater and et cetera. Yeah. Blah, blah, uh, but keep in touch with us in between on our social media channels, email, etc. And don't forget to check out Patreon and send us your feedback. Uh, but for now, I'd like to say thank you to Lucy and Len. And uh, we will see you guys Cheers. next week. Bye. Bye.
1: Il coco says bye. <laughs>